Hello, I'm Mike Browning. Welcome to Let God Speak. Today we are discussing tithing. Is tithing just the price we pay for being a Christian? Or is there some deeper principle at play here? Join with us as we see what the scriptures say about tithing. Folks, on our panel today, we have Urias and Geest, and we have Lena Yoon. Welcome to our program and our panel today. And we'd like to invite everyone to join with us in prayer before we start as we seek God's presence. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, dear Lord, for the fact that you promised to be with us always. And today we pray that your Holy Spirit will be with us, guide our minds here on the panel, those at home, and just touch every heart, please, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, we're going right back to the beginning to start with today. The whole of Earth's trouble started with a tree in the Garden of Eden. God said, don't touch this particular tree. Um, now, Lena, you don't think this is being a bit harsh, do you? Um, there was nothing wrong with the fruit of that tree, was there? Uh, I don't think it was being harsh at all. And what, in, what we need to know is that it is important not to overlook um, what actually God has said, mm. you know, then. So um, we're going to read our Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. Here 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So we can see here in verse 16, God actually freely gave all the trees, right? But in verse 17 here, it says, except for one, for the knowledge, um, tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay. So we can see God's generosity, you know, we should focus on that. Very rather. generous. Every other tree they could eat of, yes. Yes. Good point. Mm. Thank you for that. Now, that's true. So they could use all the other trees and all God said was don't eat one. Fruit yeah. of one. Mm. Okay, so more, more than anything else, it's a statement of God's largesse and great generosity. Okay, um, look, here's another thought. I'd like us to go to Malachi chapter 3 for a moment. Now, Malachi 3, last book in the Old Testament... And verse 10, Malachi 3, verse 10. And, and this is what it says. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, um, this is God calling for the tithing now because we talked about the tree. Was God being generous or was he being harsh, saying don't eat the fruit. Now we're looking at the tithe of a person's income. Um, Uriah, is this a bit demanding of God? A tithe is 10% of your income. We continue to see God's um, generosity 
um, in this verse. And often as humans, it's easy for us to focus on the negative aspect rather than the positive. Mm-hmm, a tithe is one out of 10. So what God is asking us to bring is one out of 10 of all of our possessions. And it means that 90% is actually ours to use mm-hmm. freely. And he's only asking for that little sliver, one-tenth. So we can see he's been very generous. Um, He's not asking for 50%, half, half, halves. He's asking for only a tenth and 90% is ours. Also, we can rely on the promise that is contained in this verse where he says, and try me now in this, if I will not pour you out uh, a blessing. So he's promising that he will provide a blessing when we are faithful in time. Okay, so once again, this is actually a statement of God's generosity as much as anything else. Yes. And I think that's worth keeping in mind, isn't it? Yes, it does. Um, because we are apt to look at the negatives, as you've pointed out, whereas there's a big positive right here for us. Okay, thank you for that, Uriah. Look, um, what about the 10%? You don't think it's too steep then? Lynn? No, I don't think so. Um, in actual fact, the government can take a lot more than that. Well, that's true. So if those who earn between 45000 and 120000 the tax would be over 30%. And those who earn over 180000 could be even nearly 50%. So compared to 30% and 50%, 10% is nothing, really okay, small amount. Okay. So the government doesn't mind taking nearly half. Um, here in Australia, 47%. And then added 10% GST on top of that. Yeah. And it never seems to stop. Okay, so we still manage to survive. Um, that's amazing, isn't it? Now, look, ownership is actually an issue here when we're talking about tithing. And um, Uriah, who owns what we consider to be ours, our possessions? Well, the, the psalmist says the earth is the Lord's and the, and the fullness thereof. So okay. really everything belongs to God. Um, uh, but he says here in Leviticus uh, chapter 27, verse 30 and verse 32, and all the tithe of the land, there's that word tithe, which is one-tenth or 10%, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's mm-hmm. and is holy to the Lord. And verse 32 says, and concerning the tithe of the herd or the flock, of whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. So that 10% is not ours. It does not belong to us. None of it belongs to us, but God has sanctified that 10% and he says it is holy to him. It belongs to him. So ownership definitely is an issue here. Um, Obviously, if God made it all, he does own it all and he graciously gives us nine tenths. Thanks for that. Um, So, um, Lino, Tithing isn't us just being generous to God, is it? No, um, it's not a matter of generosity on our part, but it is basically we are being honest with God and giving what belongs to Him. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you. And that scripture that Uriah read made that point, didn't it? That yeah. It actually is His in the first place. So um, we not consider, we should not consider ourselves being tremendously generous just to do that. Now, thank you for that. Look, I want to look at the experience of some people now in the Old Testament to begin with who, were, who did re- return a tithe to God. And I'm going to look at Genesis chapter 14 here and beginning to read at verse 18. And this is what it says. Um, um, verse 18, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread 
and wine. And he was the priest of God most high. So he was a man who, we don't know anything about him, but he was a priest of God, true God. And he blessed him, Abram, and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, that is Abram, gave him a tithe of all. So can you explain what's actually going on here? This is, this is very interesting, you're right. So after um, Abraham, um, by then he was, he was called Abraham then, um, returned um, from rescuing his nephew Lot and helping in, um, in um, defeating the, the kings of Sodom, um, the booty of the, the plunder of the fight, um, he returned with it. But the very first thing he did was to give a tithe to Melchizedek, which was a priest, who was a priest of God. And he actually refused to take any of the bounty himself. Abraham was a man of integrity. He did not want to say that the king was the one who enriched him. Okay. But it's very interesting that the very first thing he did was to return a tithe of the, the bounty to the priest. It, it is interesting, isn't it? And um, over in the book of Hebrews, it actually refers to this event in the New Testament. I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 7. And I'll read two verses there, verse 1 and verse 4 to start with. Here's what it said. Talking about Melchizedek, this, this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And it was pretty remarkable that Abraham was able to rescue the people of Sodom and all their goods from these people who'd stolen them. Um, verse 2, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. So there's the tithe. First being translated king of righteousness and then king of Salem, meaning king of peace, referring to Melchizedek. Um, now verse 4, now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And that um, repeats your, the point that you ma uh, made from the scripture, that he tithed everything, even though he didn't keep any of the spoils for himself, which I found in interesting. Um, why do you suppose he did that, Lena? Why did he tithe the lot, you know, even though he wasn't going to keep it? It was um, powerful, a great testimony to the people of Sodom. Mm. So he um, paid tithe not on his behalf, but on their behalf. Yes. So by doing that, he acknowledged God, the God of universe, who rescued and saved them from slavery. So that was a great testimony and opportunity also for um, Sodom. It was because Sodom, as we know, came to a very nasty end because they were such a terrible people. Yeah. Um, this was an enormous opportunity for them, yeah. which apparently they didn't take, at least not in the long term That's right. anyway, which is a pity. Mm. Okay, thank you for that. Now look, I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 28 now. Uh, Genesis 28, and we're going to read a few verses there, verse 14 to start with. 28 verse 14 and verse 20 to 22. First of all, verse 14, um, talking about Jacob now, and it says partway through verse 12, I will not leave you, God says, and I have done what I have spoken until I have done what I have spoken to you. Um, this is very interesting because of the history here. Then down in verse 20, 
This is what it says. Then Jacob made a vow. Now, God was reassuring Jacob in his tremendous need. He said, if God is with me and keeps me in this way that I'm going and gives me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. So he's making a decision to follow Yahweh here, Jehovah. And verse 22, this stone which I have set up as a pillar shall be God's house. And then he says this, which is rather interesting. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. That was interesting that he came up with that right there. So what does this tell us about how far back in history tithing goes and about tithing generally, Uriah? Uh, Many people make the belief that um, tithing was only for the Jewish nation. Mm -hmm. But you have here um, tithing um, is a principle that we see um, Jacob here practicing and even before him, as we read before, Abraham. And all of this is happening even before there was a Jewish nation. Um, So definitely it is a a God-given principle for his people. Okay, okay, thank you for that. So, uh, and on on this particular story, Lena, what specifically um, did God promise to do for Jacob? And what do you think about his response? Jacob was a very discouraged man um, at that point because of his brother Esau and his murderous anger. And um, while he was staying overnight in Bethel, and he encountered with God in his dream. And there, and God gave him promises that his descendants would be many, as you read already. And also God will keep him wherever he would go. And also he would bring him back to his own country. Tremendously reassuring. Exactly. Then um, Jacob responded by promising to tithe and as an acknowledgement of God's care and also his promises yeah. and his grat- gratitude um, for, um, for them. Okay, now that's true. So um, it, was, it, was a, it may to some seem a strange thing to do, promise to give tithe because God has blessed you, but he's acknowledging that God is providing all this for him and all these reassurances. So yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, now I want to look at some practicalities about tithing now, and I'd like us to go to Malachi again Malachi chapter 3 and uh, verse 10, Malachi 3 verse 10. Now, we did read this verse before where it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's the first thing it says. Um, I want to stop right there. Um, You're right. What is the storehouse he's referring to here? Well, the Old Testament um, had uh, a place of worship that they called the, the sanctuary. And um, this is where the priests ministered to the people, where the people came to have their sins forgiven um, and where they worshipped God, etc. And so he is saying to bring it in the storehouse. And there's a reason for that. And the the, the clue for the reason can be found in the next clause there, where he says that there may be food in my house. And so if these priests are ministering full time and they are not employed in other lines of work, God's plan is that the people bring in a tenth of their produce so that the priests could be sustained, so that they could be fed. Which was very important. And that's a good point that you've made there. And of course, um, the priests actually didn't receive an inheritance of land when they went into the 
to the promised land like the rest of the Jewish people, Israelite people. Yes. Um, and this was how they survived. That's right. That's so interesting. So the tithe was very important. It was very important. And it was to go to the storehouse, yes. which is also interesting. Um, so Linda, the, the Israelites, did they, didn't use their own discretion in where they put their tithe, did they? No. On this occasion. No, they didn't. As we have seen already, as we've been talking about, and as already Pastor Uriah mentioned, so God made this very clear that the tithe was supposed to go to the storehouse. Yes. We're going to read more verses here. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 5 and 6. Here, verse 5 says, But you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place, and there you shall go. There you shall take your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave offerings of your hand and your vowed offerings, your free will offerings and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. So, yeah, definitely the point here is that the tide was supposed to go to the storehouse. Okay, okay. That's interesting. They had quite a lot of different types of offerings that God said that they were to bring. Yeah. Um, but the tithe seemed to figure prominently there. Um, okay, so it was to go to the storehouse. What happened to the tithe then? You're right. What happened after that? The answer could be found in uh, the book of Nehemiah, chapter 13, and um, verse 12 and 13. And God is very specific in his instructions. He says, Then all Judah brought the tithe of the grain and the new wine and the oil to the storehouse. And I appointed as treasurers over the storehouse Selemiah, the priest of Zadok, the, the scribe, and of the Levites, Pediah. And the next to them was Hanan, the son of Zachor, and the son of Mathaniah, for they were considered faithful and their task was to distribute to their brethren. Mm. So here we see that God has a system where faithful men were appointed as treasurers to yeah. facilitate the distribution of the tithe. And the very same thing happens today in the church. On all levels of the church, yeah. we have faithful persons who are appointed as treasurers to look and after And it wasn't just one person. It wasn't just one person, no. So there was several of them and that was, that was a good thing. Yes. It was a good system. It was. And it worked well, obviously. Yeah. Um, today, what does God do with the tithe, Lena? Because he still talks about it today. Yes. Yeah, so obviously he doesn't need it at all, but um, he actually planned it that, um, you know, as Pastor Uriah mentioned already, and the priests and Levites should be paid. So uh, we're going to look at um, Numbers chapter 18, verse 21 here. Here he says, Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes of in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform the work of the tabernacle of meeting. So. It's very plain, isn't it? It's, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's what they did and that's why they were cared for. Um, all right, another practicality here, Uriah. What specifically should I return a tithe to God on? So the children of Israel, they lived basically in an agricultural society. And so they planted crops and they raised animals. And if you turn to Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30 and 32, 
God's instruction, he says, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's, it's holy to the Lord. And verse 32, and concerning the tithe of the herd or the flock or whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. Now in today's society, most people are not farmers, but here we can see the work that they did, their labor, the increase of their labor, all of it had to be tithes. So we tithe of, of what we, we labor, we earn from our labors. Okay, well, building on that thought, um, Lena, um, this is another practical matter. Um, um, people often ask this question, that's why we're dealing with it. Um, should we do a tithe on our gross income or our net income, as in after tax and expenses and so on? Yeah, so obviously if it is a business, then uh, it would be on the profit after expenses. Mm. So for example, let's say um, if 80% of the business income would be just costs, then um, the tide would be on the 20% profit okay. in a sense, so in that case. So it makes sense, doesn't it? Don't you? It does. That's common sense comes into the picture here. Yeah. Um, most of us, of course, would be wage earners, not business people, although there are some, of course, but um, so what, what's the position for a wage earner in that sense, Uriah? Well, if, if you're a wager, I know some people from their wages who would uh, tithe on their, their gross um, income, their gross pay, um, but some would uh, tithe off of, of the net. And um, if you're tithing off of the gross and you're, you're a pretty high income earner, for example, if you, if you earn over $180,000, you're looking at about 47% in taxes plus GST, and that could be um, a large chunk um, however, what we are learning, we are learning some broad biblical principles, um, how we ought to be faithful to God and how he is faithful to us yeah. and the promises that he has made that he will bless us if we are faithful to him. So these principles uh, should really be applied when a person is making a decision how they should return um, their tithe of their okay. wages. Okay, and I think we should be praying and studying about this if we're unsure. Okay, thank you for that. Um, tithing can be a challenge for some people. I think that we're aware of that, uh, especially if you're doing it the first time. And we were talking about this before we started filming today. And, uh, and some of us can remember the first time we tithed. I was 21, a new Christian, and um, I tithed for the first time. And um, it seemed like quite a big thing to do, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and it can be quite a test of faith um, to do that. In First Kings Chapter 17, I just want to have a quick look at that. First Kings 17, um, and on, in verse 13 and 14, um, it says this, and Elijah said to this woman, now, this is not specifically about tithing, but it definitely is about the test, right? Yeah. God does test us. And uh, Elijah was staying with a woman, a widow, and he said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, make me a small cake. This was in a time of famine. A small cake first and bring it to me. Afterwards, make some for yourself and your son. Right? For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the oil, the jar of oil run dry until the Lord sends rain on the earth. And so she went and she did that. She made something for him to eat first. 
Can you describe what's happening here? This is a very interesting experience, isn't it, Lena? Yeah, it is. Um, on a surface level, it may look like that Elijah is being a bit selfish, you know, by asking that woman to bake a small cake for him first. Yes, right? time of famine. Yeah. yeah, in the time of famine. But um, in actual fact, that was um, a test of faith, her mm. faith. So what is happening here is that Elijah is giving her a great opportunity for her to exercise faith in the mm. promises of God uh, mm. through him. So in spite of, you know, harsh and um, difficult circumstances. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so, and tithing, same principle, isn't it? It can be a test mm. for our faithfulness here, um, which I find, look, I mean, we're, are we dealing with a sensitive issue here, Uriah, when we're dealing with finance? Yeah, I think, um, you know, people's, people's finances, their, their money, their investments, etc., could be a, a very sensitive and personal um, issue. However, um, God does um, give some, some warnings and some um, things that we should be careful about. In First um, Timothy chapter 6, um, verse 10 and 11, speaking of money, the Bible says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, mm -hmm. for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. So if we are not careful, money can actually keep us out of the kingdom. Okay. And we That's ought true. not to make it, um, place it above other things like righteousness, godliness, faith. We must be able to trust and love God. Okay. Thank you for that. Now, folks, we're running out of time a little bit. Have to move along quickly here. Um, a woman once said to me, Lena, I know I can trust a man if he pays an honest tax. What do you think about that? Yes, that is such a very interesting uh, statement, but yet is showing to us uh, the integrity of that individual. Yeah. So in other words, it's revealing to us um, and that person's moral and ethical principles. So. It, personal integrity is in revealed in our truthfulness and honesty in all areas of our life. Yeah. So that the same principle applies to tithing as well. Mm. Um, so it actually can tell us a lot more about ourselves. Okay, it can. And faithfulness in the little things of life is really important. I yes. think we've all learned that. Now, look, we're going to have to move on very quickly here. I am going to go... Um, just quickly to what Jesus said about tithing in Matthew 23 and verse 23. And he was talking to the Pharisees here and he, who didn't like him. And uh, they were great into, heavily into tithing, little tiny things. And in Matthew 23, 23, 23, he says to them, um, you do that. And he approved them tithing. And he said, but you ought to have remembered justice, mercy and faith. And I think we're probably going to have to end on that point, Uriah, because um, those were the things that Jesus wanted us to focus on the most. Um, even though tithing is important, he said, the other is vital. All right, we're going to leave it there today. Thanks, folks, for your help today. God is interested in our faithfulness and our integrity, both in our dealings with our fellow men and with him. Faithfulness is shining a light brightly for him. 
Well, we're glad you've been with us on Let God Speak today. You can watch past programs and download teacher's notes on our website. You can email us if you'd like to do so on lgs3abnaustralia.org.au. Join us next time. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.